my sister and I, when we were just little, little kids, probably three and four years old, used to drink wine. My parents had this little wine cellar thing next to the record player, and I would put Black Dog on, and we'd drink this stuff that was kind of like Kool-Aid, because we weren't really allowed to have like sugary drinks. And I would, her and I would like get wasted as three and four year olds listening to Black Dog Zeppelin. That was it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, children of all ages, children of the corn, <laughs> introducing Mr. Ben Jamin. When was the last time you were on, Ben? Hello. Uh, what was it? The I think we were on Blockbusters of last year. That was the summer movie. Oh, back yeah. from uh, 2014, right? Yeah. <laughs> Titanic, I think, was like the hit. We're still talking about... My Heart Will Go On. Don't Be a Menace. Where do you think they're going to go with uh, no, Iron Man 2? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we invited Ben here today because we are on our third major interview of the year, and it is Mr. Art. Ross Robinson, the man, the myth, the legend. Behind some of your favorite albums, Korn's first two albums. Slipknot's first, first two albums. albums. Glassjaw's first two albums. Limp Biscuit's first album. The at Cure. The, at the, the Cure. Drive-in. The Cure's The Cure album. <laughs> Roots by Sepultura. Um, Idiot Pilot. Uh, what else? Just amazing, amazing albums. Basically, if you're 34 years old, done a lot. He did your whole childhood. Okay, guys. So. Um, amazing interview. I walked away from this interview just totally enthralled. It was it was a, almost a religious experience listening to this uh, or being a part of this interview. And I'm so glad we got one of our good friends who also we grew up together listening to these albums, Ben, here. So, oh, yeah, man. Thank you guys for that. I was, again, it was like, no way. Crazy. <laughs> I didn't, almost didn't believe it at first either. So, Art, we got, no, I got to thank crazy, you man. for thank setting you. this up, man. Yeah. So. And I want to thank Ross. From, you know, it's you know setting up these interviews sometimes they're a little bit difficult sometimes they're really easy like this one so shout out to ross man just a super nice down-to-earth guy yeah so thank you so much so with that said everybody episode 108 mr ross robinson oh yeah Ross? Yep, it's Ross. Hey, Ross, hold on. Let me just get the uh, sound level really quickly. Can you hear us okay? I can. Oh, sweet. Perfect. Okay, I'm just going to do a quick um, around the room really quickly. I'm going to introduce us all right now. So I'm Art. Next to me. Ooh. Is that Art. some feedback? I'm Art. Right next to me, I got Jacob Pixton. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey. And right in front of me, we got Mr. Ben Aguilar. Hey, how's it going, man? Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> Uh, all is well. Sweet. It's good, it's good. Yeah. Cool, man. Okay. All I right. I want to start it off. Well, I guess we could um, just, um, yeah, let's adjust, like, the, the volume on the phone because we got it plugged into a mixer right now, and so, like, we got to get the levels all right so you don't <laughs> sound better. Hello, 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 hello. Check, 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 check one. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, that sounds a lot better now. There you go, yeah. Yeah. We good. Far out. Cool, man. Sweet. Um... Are you like in, it. just checking, are you in uh, Southern California at the moment? Yeah, I'm in Venice. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Nice. Just, yeah. uh, um, were you in, uh, were you in California during the earthquakes last week? Uh, yeah, I was. Um, it was, 
it was pretty badass actually <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't they don't scare me at all whatsoever they're nice it, it's um i just like it for some reason really you're it, like my girlfriend dude she was like it, when the, everything was shaking like really hard like in the pool was going crazy she's it's uh, like it's like a little kid like at six flags for the first time she was just like this is awesome i'm like no it's not <laughs> It is. It's so awesome because it, you don't have. It's like everything. You you have zero control. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's like the biggest way to look at it is you can't do anything about it. So you just yeah, gotta go with it. And you, know? so you can you can resist it or and have the worst time ever or have the best time ever and, and just <laughs> love it. That's true. I'm still amazed. Like building codes, like no buildings fell, like nothing huge, nothing major like that. That's progress, man. Like yeah, that's the positive about this whole thing. It's like mm -hmm. a huge, like 7.1 earthquake and like real no no huge damage or anything like that. Yeah. North earthquake, uh, Northridge earthquake. So. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, full on, <laughs> and yeah, I yeah, we see the tragedy, and it's not. We're very lucky. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So let's go ahead and get this going. So just go ahead and introduce the guest today, Mr. Ross Robinson, famous producer. I think in some way or another, you influenced everyone in this table's life in some way. I know for me and Ben, the first Corn album is like a staple in our lives. Oh yeah, Slipknot's first album, Glassjaw, pretty much every both of the the their first two albums are just something i played non-stop growing up so first of all let me start by saying thank you for that because those albums are amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely uh -oh. yeah i think you're so welcome and um i i really appreciate it and um you know when we when we did those records or whatever i'm doing I, the, the intention is never to um get uh, a result it's what are we here to give and mm -hmm. you know with the right people when it you know and when that thing is is pulsing correctly and, and everybody's there and vulnerable and willing is something really amazing happens and um, you know I, I think that it's just it's it's simply purely to expand the heart and um inspire uh uh people to you know if you're studying for a math test to like get an a or or if you're having a bad day you can feel understood and you don't have to be happy but you can feel understood and like there's a place there's a home you know and and it's just all for heart expansion and you know, that's the point. That's awesome, man. So, do you want for me? Um, I would like to start like how you got into music. Uh, we recently did an episode called "The Metal Years," and I think around the board, we all kind of like came into the genre of you know heavy metal. You know, from like rap and like other stuff, like the Ninja Turtles <laughs> little CDs sure. that we would buy. Um, but like when we started to get into heavy metal, it all started with Corn. So it'd be interesting to hear like what what got you into music in general. Like what started that fire for you? Um, right from the get go, as just straight out of the womb nice. or in the womb. My mom was uh, just 
all music. My mom's family was just all music. They they uh, constantly had it on. Um, my mom was always into the intense, or maybe like like Acid Beatles stuff. And oh, sweet. And there was always like just a connection through this song or that song or this singer or that you know it was mainly music was number one and even though there were no real musicians in my family my mom played a ukulele and sang these awesome mm-hmm. songs to us as kids and it, yeah it just it's it's home nice uh, that that was that was basically the beginning and my uncle left um What's the Zeppelin album with Black Dog on it? Is that Zeppelin? Oh, four. Two? Yeah, that's the Zeppelin four. four. Four, yeah. So, I there was like a little wine rack behind a couch in our house. We I lived in Needles, and I think I was it was before I went to school. Even I was just a little kid, and um, my sister is she was two, and I was four. And um, and I would put that that song on on the record player. I just barely knew how to set the needle on there, and <laughs> something about the feeling of it. And and we would never be allowed to have sugar or anything. And we would look at the labels on the wine bottles and look at fruit and like open it up and try to find the best tasting one and (laughs) drink it and our stomachs would get all hot and we'd listen to play these zeppelin play black dog only that was like the only song i liked (laughs) and that's an amazing album too like for me that's like one of the first albums that i heard that i can listen to all the way through for you so for you to like listen to black dog which i believe is like the first song on that record as well yeah 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 and then like it's just like oh wow did you get that feeling of like oh there's other songs on here and they're also really good too yeah it well it was the, the that sound you know the the guitar but i didn't know what a guitar was and, and the sound in the beginning of it, it was like rah, 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 before it started you know mm-hmm. and um Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. I I always have like a lot of chatter noise in between songs, and now it all makes sense because of the chatter noise on fucking Black Dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, realization. <laughs> you 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 hit yeah. the, you hit that on the nail too because that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you because I went back and like uh, listened to all the albums that you had produced and I noticed that like whether it be Corn's first album or whether it be Sepultura's uh, Roots or uh, the first Slipknot album there's just all these like these um, I don't want to call them noises because I don't feel like I'm doing the word well, justice yeah but it's just like these unique sounds. And then, like, that's the corn's whole sound is, like, these unique noises that come together and form, like, this beautiful support to the lyrics that are being sung. And, and like, that, you just nailed it on the head. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That little round, round, round before Black Dog kicks in. Yeah, that, that yeah, makes it, sense, dude. It, it evokes a, 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 a really, like, out-of-this-world feeling, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you can't put into words it's just a feeling and and there's no nothing to grasp and so i think that moment when you when you can't grasp it that everything around you turns into a snapshot because you're experiencing 
this moment right now. And, yeah. and so so everything gets logged into your brain. And, you know, and then we jump back into a, a reality of the past and we just kind of cruise through and forget everything because it's not being flashed. And, and I mm-hmm. think music does that. It's like, to me because it's invisible and it has energy and power and strength and vision and, and creativity and all of this stuff. And it, to me, it's proof that God exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's life. Yeah. It's bizarre and you can't beat it up. It'll last forever. All you got to do is give once and it will mm. never stop giving no matter how many times you play it. So, creating something from essentially nothing you know taking a guitar and moving your fingers around and creating a guitar riff that will you know live forever um it almost sounds you know and you know just hearing you speak about it it almost sounds like this music is more than just you know what the average person would take it as it almost sounds like it's a spiritual uh, experience like creating um, each album or or song individually is, is that something how you see it is it more of a spiritual thing for for me that's all it is um i think for a lot of people it could be just like a math equation that looks good and <laughs> tastes good like a you know like a cake mm-hmm. but but the take take cake tastes really good when you chew it and you swallow it but then you you feel like shit afterwards yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. feed you you no. know it doesn't feed you nourishment um, so you know i tend to lean towards intense real it's like go deep or go home mm-hmm. you know so that's you know and, it's and my favorite you definitely get that out of like the lead singer of each individual band it feels like you know whether it be those first corn albums where jonathan davis is like breaking down crying or those you know first slipknot albums where Corey taylor just sounds so enraged and animalistic in his style of delivery and you know he's still very aggressive today but uh, it doesn't sound like he's at that level where he was with those first um albums um is that something you you try to pull out of in each individual lead singer because it, it sounds like every album you produce you you take them to a different level from where they were on previous al- albums or where they are in the future um well i'm interested in what they're singing about and the music is a canvas of what they're singing about. So I always make sure that, you know, as the band is laying it down together, like we know why, what happened, where, the color of the walls, what, what's the purpose? Why would you sing this song? You know, and, and not just, Oh, because, you know, I want to just jam. It's like, no, (laughs) there's more, there's like a meaning to it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's cool. You know, I think that's that works for, you know, a session player or whatever. They don't care, mm-hmm. you know, about what a song is about. They just want to make their money and go home. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, that that support, I think, with every band member pushing the same feeling and then all of a sudden the singer gets to sing over the top of it. And what happens is. You know, we've gone there so many times, you know, um, and then I'll ask again, you know, and they pretty much are sick of it. <laughs> but 
um, I still push and, um, and, and we finally get back into what that is. And, and there's interest, support, love and, and concern and, and a purpose, you know, and the purpose is to, to not just, you know, make something to, you know, go back out on tour to or whatever. It's, it's to cater to that kid that put on the, the Led Zeppelin record and got a, a major hit. Mm-hmm. Or you guys, when you were, you know, ushered into metal, you know, or ushered into another level of expression that you wanted to feel more and more and more and then you know our lives get better because of what we're here to give Mm -hmm. you know it's like therapy huh yeah you know especially somebody that writes something gnarly that is not easy you know Mm -hmm. it's like okay let's do it (laughs) let's work this out yeah and and i'm always willing you know, I care, you know, um, a lot of people I think will go for the performance, Oh, sing it harder or, uh, you're out of tune here. It's like, for me, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know when the, that intention is really, really there and correct that every, every note bends back in to key. Yeah, because it's like if you're in tune with what you're singing, you actually become physically in tune in your expression, mm-hmm. and it also with beat. Somebody without rhythm will all of a sudden be in a pocket that's like serious, mm-hmm. you know? Organic, right? Um, yeah, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre how it works. The more the more the brain is turned off of the thinking controlling mind into what am I here to give? Um, and this is what I'm giving. And with all of my heart, with every fucking cell in my body, the only reason I'm alive. And, and then you just unleash the fury of whatever that is. And, and it could be something happy, you know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be bad. No, (laughs) That reminds yeah. me of uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, I'm, I'm sure you know oh who that. God. He was he, he was interviewed, and this is actually how I got my job. Like they, you know, they wanted me to tell them a story, and I was like, okay. The first thing I can think of was Stevie Ray Vaughan. He was doing an interview, and they asked him like, "What are you thinking about? Like when you're soloing up there?" And he goes, "I'm not thinking about anything. Like I'm just I'm just putting my heart on the strings." He goes, "As soon the minute I start thinking about what I'm playing, like I'm not playing anything. Like I'm starting to think about scales, and it's just the music just isn't as good. But if I just go out there and just put my heart on that fretboard, he goes, I just make beautiful sounds. And he goes, it's just effortless because it's 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 the art speaking, you know, through my fingers." Dude, that guy. When I was playing guitar, I I all, all I can think of is like, whoa, yeah. like. Yeah. like <laughs> Out of all of them, that that dude was like, Whoa. yeah, that's heart Something and soul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's pure. Like that's pure, like unadulterated, just heart and soul when he plays. Like I'm not even a fan of that type of music per se. No, but it's just like that talent is just undeniable, and it's just like that's something. Okay, yeah, I can jive with this. Yeah, I totally yeah, get where you're coming from on that. It's, it's 
communicating a presence beyond our thinking mind and beyond what we supposedly know and and it feels so fucking good Mm -hmm. and um that's all dude that's all i care about that's Mm -hmm. all i want to like capture it could be any music and you can really really go there and do do that you can it's it's you can (laughs) yeah and it seems like most real artists too like that's the purpose of their songwriting i was watching a a couple of months ago, I was watching a, a YouTube video of Monkey um, when he when you guys got back together and did, I believe, Corn uh, 3. And um, he, a, an interviewer was asking him, like, oh, I hear you're getting back with Ross Robinson. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I am. And they were asking about it, like, oh, how does it feel? And he goes, it's like a relief. Because, you know, you know, Corn, you know, obviously blew up and became at one point the biggest band in the world. And, you know... Uh, I still I still lo- liked them, but at the same time, I felt like they lost like that that what we were talking about, like that just raw emotion to them. And Monkey was, you know, basically in so many words, telling her just like I I look forward to that. You know, it doesn't matter if this record sells sells ten records or ten billion records. You know, as long as we can get back into that environment where it's just like we're just putting it all out there, just raw. You know two-inch tape you know none of this digital you know like mathematics scheme it's like starting from the beginning again like, yeah like just like yeah. I, i'm making the first record again you know like I, i'm i'm get, i'm putting Getting my heart the raw, out there raw, raw emotions and mm-hmm. like that raw talent like kind of like where you just start like instead of being like okay let's go with the digital and stuff like that and like now you're more like raw yeah and and for me it, it was that record was um I, I went in there with knowing who they were as kids and where we were all at, you know, and, and really, really wanting that to be what it was. And I didn't take into account that they're all grown up families, uh, Bill's wives, um, Jonathan's wife is passed away now but yeah dude she was a terror she, <laughs> he had she had him like he was worried and you know it wasn't like us free kids you know thinking about every single breath and syllable that john had to give you know it wasn't like that and um um i think the record would have been much much better if i would have honored who they are now mm-hmm. rather than what I wanted them to be mm-hmm. you know so I wasn't my best and I don't think they were either um, uh, but they have Brian back I, I I went to the house that Brian had in, in Arizona to try to get him to join the band oh and wow I left, I knocked on his door he didn't answer and I put a note on it on his on his door and kind of begging him to join (laughs) (laughs) I think you spoke you you were an ambassador for us fans (laughs) at that moment uh, in time yeah I gave it a shot and went out there and everything and it you know crickets and um but you know it's everything is a seed everything's a seed and and that record was really really important to make Mm -hmm. um for them to know what they are today i think it was it was a a huge push 
to let go of the past and move on into who they are today and mm-hmm. you know john's he's he's very good at what he does and and he doesn't need somebody to pry it out of him or you know mm-hmm. it it was it was mismatched on that third record i think which, okay you know but it was important nothing is done in vain no yeah and to me i look at it as a snapshot like every every artist that i care about like whether it's a bad record or a great record or a classic record or whatnot i always look at it as a snapshot of their life and you know that album i mean yeah of course it's not you know you know the first corn album or life is peachy or issues or follow leader or whatnot but it's a snapshot of where they were at in that time period and you when you are a fan of a certain band and you care about these individuals it's good to see that you know okay where they're at now where brian's at now where fieldy's at now you know it's good to see yeah yeah. yeah, it's good to see that that's like but you always have to remember that snapshot in time it's like looking at pictures um you know i'm i'm remodeling my house you know and i'm coming up on these pictures like from the 90s and 80s or whatever and i was like wow i remember that being a really shitty time but then there's this one snapshot that i'm looking at and i'm like wow maybe it wasn't all you know bad you know and it's just like i look at that record as well like okay we can you know people might dismiss that record but there's still like some songs that i look at and i'm like i remember where i was when i was listening to this album and how i felt yeah and, yeah and you know i have my friend ben sitting here with me today we invited him on because uh, he's a huge uh, fan of yours as well and i remember like we were listening it to that album together so i'll always have like that memory of just like sharing like oh here's the new corn album let's listen to this, you know, and then like enjoying a car ride or getting some Taco yeah. Bell to it, you know, like, no and, trips. yeah, like we'll always have like that memory. And, and that's so good. Yeah. yeah so I it wasn't that. in vain. Yeah. It was not in vain. Trust me, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Ross, one yeah. of the things I want to ask you is you seem to find a lot of these bands very, very, very early on in their careers, bands like Glass John at the drive-in when they just had very few albums. Do you go to shows and still like, like scout out, See if you find any like cool band that you find interesting that you want to get involved with. Uh, yeah, yeah. I found, I found something that was really cool recently. Um, a, a couple things, and um, one was Amigo the Devil, and um, <laughs> I actually sent sent the one of the songs to to Jonathan and. He like texted me back saying, oh, "I haven't, I haven't." There was only one other time where I cried listening to a song, <laughs> to somebody <laughs> else's song. <laughs> it was like the biggest, like, biggest, like, confirmation of like, "Oh yeah, cool." <laughs> you know, like, yeah. still got it. Him, you know, and um, yeah, and then I, I found this other thing that it was so it was so punk rock that um i i wanted to put some money into it to like really like work on something and and uh i told my lawyer i go just draw up the the simplest most you know forgiving and easiest thing i just don't want to lose the money that's all it is Mm -hmm. and 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 i I just handed them the piece of paper and it was just way too much for them. They, they couldn't take it. It was like paranoia. And like, I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
I, I think it was like uh, so hardcore that they just didn't want, you know, they didn't want to go to that next step, maybe mm-hmm. the next level. Um, so I, I run up against things, you know, that I die for, but uh, it, everything doesn't always work out, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask too is, um, I was looking, you know, briefly, um, at your biography and it, I guess you, you were in a thrash metal band and you played guitar and I guess your drummer now he drums for machine head. Um, how was that? Um, you know, being in a band and then transitioning to the, to the producer side of it, like where, where did that, that start for you? Cause I'm very entertained by those transitions like how you know for myself because i i played guitar in a couple of bands and you know i would like to to do that you know i would have you know in my younger days <laughs> to be a producer but how did how, where did that bridge you know you go from being you know in a in a band playing guitar you know with very talented well, people on that on that detente record i the the producer was like recording a bunch of different things and and I started working for him after we did that record and I was, you know, working for next to nothing and and spending all my hours in the studio and and I just loved it. Mm-hmm. It was it was like when when he was doing his thing, I'd keep my mouth shut and then I would hear inside my you know, the voice inside my head would just go, No. Wrong. That's not right. It needs, to be this. it needs to be that. And um, playing with Dave McLean, we we would write a, like a thrash song. Like every practice, we'd write a song. You know, like wow. music. You know, with structures and all that. So I learned how to 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 you know write, throw riffs, transitions, modulations, beats. Um, you know, like balance, uh, all of it, um, like full on, like every day, every day, and then <laughs> working in the studio and like not really being so interested in the technical part, except the fact that I knew that the old school, my favorite music was recorded, you know, before 1980 three mm-hmm. and all the way you know through beginning of recording and and those performances and the and the tones of real instruments and real people pulsing together and breathing each other's air and you know i i feel that there's a, a extra ghost that comes alive in that music so um i still do that today and not over um I, I don't over edit or anything like that you know it's just it's just all about capturing that pulse of the people mm-hmm. so um yeah i learned all that in in the studio and also getting to work with different bands and not being tied to just one thing you know where you know back it back then it was like your band was all you had and you don't you're not in multiple bands back then. It was just one band. And (laughs) if one person in the band sucked, you just kind of dealt with it. (laughs) You know, you didn't, you know, or 
you just that was your band. Uh, your brotherhood, right? <laughs> you know, look at the Metallica guys. They, they're, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The bass player had to die in order for <laughs> to get it. Yeah, you know, and and that that was the mentality. And so production was more like a musician these days. You know, everybody's in like twenty bands, and so um, yeah, I love my favorite band is the cure and mm-hmm. from that to you know the carcass the you know like all these like extremes of depression <laughs> i wanted to be a part of and not just be locked into one thing you know i love that man so that was that's all it, that was about that's sweet you could definitely hear that come out in the music too because like I said, I was going back and listening to all of those records that you had produced, and you can see like the when we talked about those sounds, but then also too like that range of emotion. Like you'll have like a song that's like okay, this is the the song to get the crowd pumping, like blind, and then you'll have like a song "Daddy," which is very operatic, you know, and you, it, like and this is all within the confines of a metal record in 1994. But you have all these, you can see, you know, a trained ear can hear like all these different genres influencing that sound. And then the genius too of this is this is around the same time that, you know, you get the, the rap rock era or whatever, and it gets kind of a bad rap, but it, you know, you have kids at this time period that grew up with hip hop, that grew up with heavy metal at the same time. And why not marry those genres? It doesn't all have to be Motley Crue or NWA. You know, sometimes those things can, you know, have an affair and create a different child, you know, and you can definitely, that music starts to come across. And we said that too, like in the metal years, like episode, like Art and I, we grew up listening to gangster rap. And then when we saw, you know, Dub C and Ice Cube, you know, mess around with corn, it was just like, oh, this, this is, this is awesome. That's a beautiful bridge between those two worlds that I can jump on and take a magic carpet ride basically to, you know, this genre of heavy metal that I kind of neglected. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It's, and it's all really extreme stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) Yeah. it's, it's, it's fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you said, uh, the cure was your favorite band. Is that Mm. correct? Um, yeah, you you produced their the Cure album in two thousand four. <laughs> yeah, um, what was yeah. what was that like? Because I I, did, I was unaware that that was your favorite band. That's pretty cool. That's that must be like a dream come true for you. Yeah, it was. Um, I had a, a label deal with um, the guy that started Interscope. He just started a a label, Artist Direct, and um, and uh, before that, I was at Virgin, and. Um, Anyway, uh, Robert called me up and asked if I wanted to produce the record. And then he goes, and this is kind of a weird question, but would you be interested in signing The Cure? Um, <laughs> <I'm> like, yeah. <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> Let's do it. And I was, I was making the Blood Brothers record at the time. And, and uh, I, God, dude, it, it was like, yeah it it was so extreme like the high was so extreme to work with with those guys and and uh that was another one where where i wanted it to be like pornography and <laughs> they were they were you know 2004 
cure. And so I think I was pushing for them to be something they were in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I, Robert was totally on board, but there was, I, I wish I had a little more with like, like the wisdom that I have today mm-hmm. to, to redo it. And I think it would have, there were, there were some songs that didn't make the record that fucking should have been the record instead <laughs> of the one that came out. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, there was, there was one where um, it was about Robert's, um, a fan that got a hold of him that he hooked up with, and, Ooh. and he said that he had a a twenty year old son. Oh. Also, that he just died in a car accident. Oh wow! wow. And he doesn't have any kids. And he loves his nephews and nieces more than anybody else in the world. And um, so, you know, imagine me. That's like raw meat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, can imagine. I oh, my, oh gosh. my God. Especially coming from such a like passionate guy like Robert. And I, I'm so I'm, I'm so stoked. That we're going to see him in Pasadena in a couple of months next yeah. month. The, oh the like, Daydream yeah. Festival. Yeah. Oh, can't wait, yeah. man. That, the Cure is just an amazing band. Yeah. Um, speaking of things, you know, you reference things that you've learned over all these years of recording. Um, I believe right now you're in the middle of recording the new Lip Biscuit album. Is that correct? No. No. Oh. No. Wikipedia is wrong. Wes and I are mountain bike together. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, and um, I, yeah, I, I think I think our relationship is very very intimate and. Um, you know, I love those guys with all my heart and I, I think about them often and mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure they think about me often and, you know, um, I support them and, and love them just as much as if I was in the room with them. So in essence, you know, there's a, there's a history and a, a core to, um, the influence maybe. The appreciation and the and what we know each other. What's but that? The music. Together, we're not doing that. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, I was just yeah. gonna say it's probably because of the music just forms that brotherhood, like you were saying. Like these people are from kind of that era, you know, where it's like, you know, you are that you that's your band. Well, you're a part of a lot of these bands: Deftones, Corn, yeah. Slipknot. You know, like I see that. I see their your fingerprints still on those bands. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys have shared some very intimate moments. I mean, you get to see them perform these like very intimate songs, and you know the meaning behind all of them. I mean, yeah. I, you create bonds from those things, I assume. Yeah, and I get confused a lot, and I think there should probably be a uh, a therapy group for people that do what I do um, to understand that because the bond becomes so heavy, mm-hmm. so deep, and and everybody's showing showing up as the people they were meant to be, you know, and we go all the way to the hilt, um, max it. And then um, a vulnerability, you know. Everybody knows each other's deepest, darkest secrets, and and then all of a sudden, 
you never see each other or talk to each other again and it feels like abandonment uh maybe disrespectful like this is the like the ego mm-hmm. fear the fear you know that comes with that and it took me a long time to come to grips with it because we would we would go so deep and then all of a sudden you know I would never hear from them and they'd hire somebody else to do the next records and I'd be like what yeah what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like with Slipknot I was like that just blows my mind I I signed them I mm-hmm. freaking you know they weren't you know it's like all of this connection and everything and all of a sudden they're just gone I'm like what but um I understand it now in that um it's my job to be a hundred percent loyal to be that place if they want to go there again mm-hmm. and um that place isn't pretty and I don't I should never expect anybody to jump into the fire that deep yeah. you know because it like if you're talented and you can just rip it out and people like it and whatever then good you don't have to fucking suffer <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I think that's sometimes like a good thing that you do that though because and it's just getting that off your chest you know like Cause I mean, sure. even even in like a, a successful time frame, like they could still counter like these these things that bring out emotions, but they can't express it because they oh well we got to make a record like this, but then to go back to a time where it's just like dang it's dark again, and then release that that's sometimes relieving, especially yeah. like from certain bands that do certain things like they'll either go like the dubstep route, or they add more like singing and harmonies and. It's not so much just insane, like, metal. Like, like the first two Slipknot albums where it's just crazy. And then, like, they got, like, Vermilion and Snuff. Yep. And, like, it's more singing now. But, like, to hear them go back to a time frame where it could be aggressive, like, that'd be pretty cool. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's nice to have that back like that. Because, I mean, well, even as we get older, like, there's always something that comes in our lives that is just like, fuck, man, I wish I could hear something just raw and crazy. Yeah. And this generation, you know, this time frame. Where, like, it's a time frame where it's just, like, a lot of, like, EDM, you know, a it's lot of, like... really, 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 really time for something precious and raw. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, we're, everything is so controlled and so edited. Like, I I, I yelled at the Glassjaw guys <laughs> um, the last time I saw them because they put their music on a click track... Oh, yes. so they can sync up their fucking lights. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm like, you don't. What are you doing? This is like wrecking the music. Like this isn't what. Like what are you doing? The lights? Who cares? Just leave them on. Yeah. And and you know and you know but there's percussion and stuff coming. Like they're playing to like backing tracks. And I understand people get confused because they look at a band like, I don't know, whatever, and, and it it's playing all this stuff that nobody on stage is doing, and they think that maybe that's 2019, and, you know, it's it's confusing, you yeah. know, um, when you're out there putting on a show, um, why make it raw and hard where you have a good night? And you may not have a good night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it can just 
always be a, a decent mediocre oh. night you know not saying that that's you know, I'm. Oh God. I don't want to talk any mess, but <laughs> no, you're no. not. Well, I mean, that's the thing though, too. Like with people, like every musician in a band is like different, different minds. So like maybe the singer in a band could have a good time and have a good night, but the bassist or the drummer is just not feeling it, or like wherever they're at at the moment is just like not a good city, not a good town, not a good turnout. Maybe not the responses yeah. they're getting. You know, so like that could always trickle in. There's always things that trickle into like shows or just perspectives of like musicians you know like you know you got five-piece band you know not everybody's mind is on the same page you know like yeah in a way they're not all writing the same wave you know it's like maybe the drummer is just not feeling a session today yeah, yeah. I, I would i would say did rage against the machine ever have a show like that oh <laughs> <laughs> no they masked they it pretty good not. then <laughs> they masked it because they were there giving a message. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just to perform and, you know, move on. It, it, that that that's that's the thing, you know, that 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 I get a little um at odds with people that I really really love. Um and they don't want to hear it, mm -hmm. you know. So sometimes the relationships get a little um off <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy you said that i saw like something on youtube about rage against the machine like why they won't ever get back together and it and like i grew up loving that band and like when i watched this video it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like damn they probably aren't gonna ever get back together i mean i don't want to say ever but like as of right now it doesn't look like they're getting back together anytime soon so i was like dang you know to hear like some of the stories that you know like even like something as basic as like merch like they would get mad at each other for like a merch design mm -hmm. and i'm like wow like that's crazy you know like this merch you know like but some people are real prideful on that like mm -hmm. oh no i want it done this way yeah you know and it's just kind of devastating to hear that that's like little things like that would take a band to where it's like nah, i don't want to be in this i don't want to do this anymore you know and they were like, just babies man they're <laughs> kids you know you can't there's no school for this stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I, I would go into, you know, a first record with somebody and seeing the chaos that happens after thinking, man, is this like the right thing to do? You know, <laughs> you know because it, it can flip people's like, like Joey, you know, in, from Slipknot. It, I, I haven't, talked to him or heard from him or anything but i know he came so close to death and mm. it was really fucking hard for him and 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 he quit slipknot after we made the first record and i flew to iowa to uh outdoor show it was his last show with him and then he was quitting and i flew out there to, to get him to stay in the band and um he was he knew inside that it was awful for him and that he might not be okay and wow. intuition was absolutely correct the dude almost freaking died numerous times and Man. paul died yeah and mm -hmm. maybe if joey quit the band would have dissolved and my fucking friend would be alive today so it's like you know what do we know you know was what's best and mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, dude, you know, like going out there and doing all my woo-woo stuff with him and 
convincing him and you know i can't he he made the choice but you know i, I really made an effort to it, you know obviously i don't have control over something like that but mm-hmm. you know it's just an observation um it's a rough life it's rough yeah I, you see those behind the musics i mean you 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 just uh, from our perspective, you know, just a you know on the blue collars perspective, we think like it's all you know just money makes everything better. Yeah. You know, just to be on TV makes everything better. To be on the radio and selling millions of records makes everything better. But some of these artists, you know, like I you know was saying earlier, that's a snapshot of their life. You know, when I found out, you know, Brian, you know, head, you know, you know, I might not have the same religious views as him now, but that those new religious views are have him in a way better spot than he was you know maybe like 10 12 years ago and that's that's amazing to see you know and you know he was in a bad spot as well you know when you hear his story you're just like oh my gosh you were on quote unquote top of the world but literally you know at the bottom of the barrel yeah yep he was he was worse than homeless Mm -hmm. in that band back then just terrible and it's bizarre seeing him today, like just talking to him or looking in his eyes. It's, it's like, whoa, man, he's really, he's got, he's got a thing. It's so genuine and sweet and real and authentic. It's so authentic. The dude is like, he's a master. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know his belief about Satan and all that stuff. He might believe in it boogeyman but good who cares yeah you know it his his authenticity is just correct Mm -hmm. and that's man whatever it takes yeah yeah Yeah. he had a really big bounce back you know yeah that's get back on his feet and get back on track and create music i mean i think even after he left corn he was still creating good music yeah like I liked his solo album, the the one that I just got to hear. That what was it? The first? What was the name of that first one? Uh, Love and Death or something? Is that what it's called? I don't. Yeah. It was like the first solo one he came out with right after he left Corn, and I was like, damn, that's probably what the next Corn record would have sound like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was like badass. I was like, oh crap, this is yeah. good. <laughs> that's how I wish the Corn album <laughs> yeah. would sound like. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I I wanted to ask you this as well, Ross. Um, you talked, you touched about, you touched on it a little bit earlier. You said that. You know, when you walk in with a new band, you know, and you have all these, you know, young kids, basically, you know, I grew up watching, you know, the home video, uh, Who Then Now, watching Corn, you know, just all over the place. And I think to myself, you know, as a 34-year-old man, you know, and I have all these responsibilities, I'm in charge of a lot of people. And it's hard, it's stressful to get people on the same page, you know, to push them in the right direction, like... How much stress is that, and how successful do you find yourself at being at you know these you know just their kids that just want to party and drink like to get them to create art like like how, I, how are I you able it. to do it, and how do you manage that? I did it by um, being the example and holding a space um, that they can feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I was, you know, mega straight edge, mega um, connected. I would exercise. I would eat mega clean <laughs> sprouts and wheatgrass. Nice. I I would panic and 
go to the bathroom and stick my head on the floor and ask nothing for help like midair just like I don't know what I'm doing I you know help me help me and 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 then I would keep my forehead on the floor of that mildewy bathroom at Indigo Ranch all wood <laughs> and, and just wait for um this this chill to come over my body like <gasps> this breathless thing would like infuse me and I would get up and I would have answers mm-hmm. and I would know exactly what to do and basically it was it was keeping my uh, filter in my head super clean um, if I had uh, an issue a negative issue in my head I would work on it and find out why inquire and and clean it up so I didn't put that shit onto them. Well, that's and then, really good. Um, and uh, it was it was safe. It was fucking safe. And it's not that I said so much to get John to, you know, really be um, available for the performances that he did. It was more holding a safe space and creating um, a loving environment for. Mm-hmm all those guys and and they knew it they felt it you can feel a presence of something so beautiful in the silence between the songs like it's crazy like mm-hmm. just the quiet trip out on that in between the songs like it's like <gasps> whoa you know <laughs> yeah it's like that scene from Pulp Fiction where John Travolta and Uma Thurman are talking about, you know, just you can sit somebody there and be completely silent but be at peace. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's one of the things I, I, I'm starting to, like, look back and think back at a lot of the albums you made and those, like, spaces in between, the things that a lot of bands or maybe other producers would just discard as, oh, that's just noise. We, we can edit that out. But it's so beautiful. Looking, like, one of my favorite albums you've done is the At The Drive-In album you did. And... God damn, there's so many of those little moments in between that just build up to the next song and they're just so perfect together. Like, geez, yep. I don't know if that was, you know, uh, Cedric or Omar coming up with that or, or you like suggesting that it to was, them, but it's beautiful. It, it, it was, again, that safe space, but mainly it was, it was nothing on purpose, nothing planned. And ripping (laughs) that's what it was and and um and following there's a there's an intuition and a voice that keeps driving and driving and driving and and i would i would follow it and and listen and push and push and push and push and you know like there's a there's a falsetto in in the the last song it's like a acoustic song and it's kind of weird and 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 Cedric was like oh I can't sing that high (laughs) and the song was about a germ a a live germ that was evil taking over the body and like just you know like kind of a cancer thing and yeah he was singing about the germ you know going through the bloodstream and and you know and we just got into the subject and you know and that stuff you know, he doesn't like talking about the lyrics because they're so abstract, but mm-hmm. I would hunt for meanings and we <laughs> <laughs> hated it. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah it something happens you know it's like you know something happens and i don't know that like there's that that album was just fucking it was gnarly it was gnarly it's it's so weird because like you have so many albums that are just like to, in my opinion is epic the glass album the corn album the slipknot album this at the driving album they're just uh i can just go on and on man like roots by sepultura like i that's an album i think is just yeah it was following the new metal trend at the time but at the same time you never heard anybody go full tilt like yes we are a brazilian band and we're gonna encompass you know for lack of a better word our roots you know and you hear that tribalness and it's authentic it's not they're not just adapting it because oh that's cool i saw it on a magazine or something no this is them you know that's and that's the expression of true art you know like yeah yeah, at first you hear sepultura and you know they're basically trying to be like a mini metallica and then they're like slayer yeah exactly yes and you know then they find this stride on roots and it's been their signature ever since. You know, now, you know, Max and, and Igor, they're gone out of the band, but that sound is still prevalent, you know, in 2019. They're still making music like that. And that's amazing and their, to see. Their too. biggest song live is Root. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many times all the versions have played Roots. It's like, yeah. People, God, I remember Max playing me the demo, demo to that. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, God. I think that and blind, coincidentally, <laughs> if I was a UFC fighter, like I always play in my mind, those would be two of the songs like I would want to come out to, like if I was a UFC fighter, like Roots and fucking Blind by Corn. <laughs> like it's just like yeah, just spot on right there. It seems like you have like a like a cool relationship with a lot of the bands that you work with, but has there ever been a band that's like left you with the challenge? Like you know, you're you're going into the studio with them and you're just like, damn, this is gonna be a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, it, it happens. And, and the thing about it is, you know, I, I, I think, you know, like a lot of the, the woo-woo stuff that comes out of my mouth and, you know, people get really turned off on by it and I have to reel it in and be more practical and, you know, it, it, the main thing is to, to listen and be empathetic and, and really understand, you know, what an artist needs to do and give. And I'm there to, to offer a, that, again, that safe place. And, mm-hmm. and when they don't feel safe, it becomes difficult. Yeah. And so I'm not, I'm not doing my job. Um, so, you know, getting tones and, you know, I know, I know what good gear is. I know whatever, you know, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. But the main thing is, is the performance and, and finally cracking that glass ceiling, you know, and, and having them open up and experience true uh, vulnerability and, and what they want to do in reality, they would, everybody wants is to feel and um you know i i know what the goal is it's just (laughs) yeah it it it's it's challenging but um every time like 
the growth that happens, you know, um, is, is always worth it. Even if it's super, super hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a learning experience too, as well. I mean, that's the why, that's yeah. the reason why we fail or, you know, fall down, you know, so we can learn from that and grow from that and make our weaknesses, our strengths. hundred percent. It's so cool. Um, yeah, and, and there is a there's an incredible power life bond, you know, that happens between the people that get to experience that together, and it never goes away. Even if it seems like oh, oh, fuck that guy or whatever is going on in somebody's head, it's it's more it, it's it's just it's there's always this incredible deep bond that. Oh my God, it's so precious. It's so good. Now you said you worked with the Cure. You said it was your favorite band. Is there any other band? Obviously, still together. You know, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> that would be a far shot. But even them. Um, is there a, a a wish list of bands that you still want to work with that you haven't had the opportunity? Um, I, I, I. I feel like I, I would really love to get the um, everything you wanted to know about silence. Uh, Glass show? Group. Yeah. yeah. Todd. Get Todd back in the band. Get Sammy on drums. Get Manny on bass. And like do it <laughs> I, I think in an interview they said or i heard that you called them the kings or something like that like that was your nickname for them oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> was that because of their recording style what was the reason what was the background on that um i i think i think what beck does with his his abilities he's he's a musical genius and um i I really don't think there's anybody out there that that matches his ability um, to create. Uh, it's it's so good. Um, and then Daryl, like, can you imagine being that young and that creative and like his lyric, everything about it is. It was a little brash for that time zone. It was like, you know, the whole, you know. Limp Bizkit and Corn were the biggest bands in the world at the time, and then I I do Glassjaw, mm -hmm. and it's like nothing is like that at all, mm -hmm. and nothing, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's like here you go, <laughs> it's all raw and and but it's so musical. But I think it was so brash in that, you know, Daryl would like have this like weird Tourette's thing where he'd scream fucking horror in between lines on every song. <laughs> and, and I always wonder like, what was up with <laughs> Well, this girl really screwed him over right before the record and, and he <laughs> wrote the lyrics about it. And he had that high school angst and he almost died of Crohn's disease. And, and she cheated on him while he was in the hospital and, all this amazing, like, yeah, like, I was just like, oh, yeah, my that God. fucking whore. <laughs> it makes just me want to say like, it. Laying it all down on the line right there. Just like, it was so good. Like, yeah. again, there's my raw meat, you know. It's uh -huh. like, oh, my God, he knows what it's like to 
die, like almost die and like bleeding. And, you know, I was just like, this is going to be the best. And (laughs) people didn't get it for a long time, man. It was like, it was a slow climb, but, um, the people that did get it were forever permanent fans. They'll never leave. And, um, I'm so grateful for that, you know, it's like, authenticity to the core it's they're the kings yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean i've seen them like was it last year yeah we saw them last year and then like when they play when they would play songs from that record like people were just going off and i mean all types of generation of people from like the people that listen to it from that time frame to like now yeah. like where it's like younger kids and that's what I'm, oh, yeah. i kind of like said that earlier it's like refreshing you know like when you hear those sounds again like that tone those raw tones the voice the like just that anger that he was singing and yeah. when you hear that now it's just like damn that's super refreshing because like a yeah. lot of bands you know are like obviously like growing and evolving into different sounds following the genres that are going on now mm-hmm. but then you hear those records or that that time frame again from these artists and you're just like wow that's that's nice now i, like, I want to see you put that record together now ross yeah. like i'm like damn i'm so excited like to hear yeah. that who do we got to call? <laughs> I'm making some call- calls. Yeah, if there, was, if there was one that I would really want to do, it would be those all those dudes together. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, it's not a reality. Um, again, you know, people, people get families, they grow up and, mm-hmm. you know, they're not the same. And, you know, it, it's like a, a, it's, it's something that I actually um, woke up thinking about like a couple days ago, like, Oh my God, I know I had a dream about it. And, and I was just thinking like that feeling in my stomach of like, Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> oh, my God, oh my God. Oh my God. And just being so inspired and so stoked and like, Oh, and loving everybody. And like, just like the more intense and fucked it is, the better it is. It's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I woke up like hung over from being so inspired from it, you know, like, oh, my God. An adrenaline dump. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have an answer for you on this phone call. It's pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Man, I am like, dude, I just can't I can't wait to like get in my car and like listen to Glass Shot Full Blast right now. Like I'm just oh, I yeah. have chills right now, like literally thinking about that album right now. Oh, dude it's by far the number one most ruthless breakup album of all time nothing nothing can come close to it it's like (laughs) the holy grail of i'm gonna feel i'm gonna feel um like somebody really understands me yeah. because i'm in so much pain I, yeah you know <laughs> i was uh, a couple of years ago maybe like two years ago i went through a breakup and like i was oh. I, I called out of work you know nobody wrapped me out but i called out of work and, <laughs> and um yeah. I, I i went downtown with my friend Chaz, and we went to, we eventually ended up at this record store we're digging through records and um he bought like some tame impala album and i was like i just found that glass job that everything you wanted about <gasps> silence and Come I was on. Like, yeah, I, I he got that one, and I got the Glass album, and I was like, "No, dude, you have this is the breakup album. Like, <laughs> I need to go home and listen to this right now." Like, and it <laughs> got me through It'll some dark times. All come out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, man. So good. Oh my god. 
Oh my god, so good, <laughs> dude. It, I got I I don't know if you guys have any more questions, but I just want to say like it's been an honor to have you on, man. Yeah, you truly, are an amazing person. I'm just thrilled to wow, have you on right you. now. Yeah, like I, yeah. I I feel like we've we've been doing like maybe because th- usually our podcast is we we pick a topic and we just you know talk about it, and you know recently we've been doing interviews, and I gotta say like this interview has been like breathtaking for me to be able to talk to oh, someone wow. that has shaped me as a like you don't know this but you shaped me as so much of a person just through your you shaping these bands like that's like it's like almost wow. talking to god <laughs> you know like you know and like wow. for me like it's a surreal moment just to be sitting here like yeah i got i got to talk to ross robinson and no, feel yeah, like a is... connection to him like like i would I would totally like if you lived closer. <laughs> like, you'd be like, "Hey, dude, you want to hang out later?" <laughs> like, For real, like man. you, you're, you've been one of my favorite people to talk to. Period. Yeah. I, wow. I, I think one time I was talking to these guys and it was, we were talking about it was during an episode we recorded called "The Metal Years," and I think I brought up this thing about like m- the reason why metal like really hits me to my core is metal never screams at me; it screams with, with me, you. and like. Yeah, like listening yeah. to the to all these backgrounds of different albums that you recorded, like it just makes them that much more special to hear that glass jaw background of like the breakup and all the pain that he was going through, and like I can relate to that. You know, at, at my darkest days, worst case scenario, I'll always have these people that I can relate to. You know, just because mm-hmm. they've been through there, and I'll never be alone as long as these albums are in existence. You'll never, ever, ever be alone, ever. And, and, and the cool thing about it is if, if we can hold that knowing, um, there, there would be no problems ever. And, and the music is, it, it's just there to remind us that everything's okay, you know? And, and there's a lot of people that believe that it's not, and it really is. And I just want to, um, oh man, you guys... i'm so i'm so um grateful to hear you guys share your experience too it it means a lot to me because um it just i think i'm i am nothing without you and i'm nothing without the players you know we're nothing without each other the community each other a lot of um uh, we give each other a purpose and and an insight to something much heavier going on beyond us. You know, it's, it's fucking beautiful. Hell yeah, I'll say. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I'm just really grateful to be a part of this. Like, Art set this up, and I was like, "What? No way!" Like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm like, like, damn, I don't want to fuck up and say something and, stupid. Don't say something and, stupid. And Ben, he, he's <laughs> one of our, our our good good friends, and he, like I said, those those albums, you know, whether it be Olympus Get Album, whether it be a Corn Album, whether it be a Glass Album, all these albums that you've had a part of, we have shared brotherhood moments with these uh-huh. albums, and that was like, we got to get Ben on for this. Remember Art, like. What was it like last year? We were talking about three dollar bill. Like, damn, yeah. that was fucking insane. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's an insane record, man. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. So, uh, when that record, when I got the CD, and you know, it was like just like a test pressing of a mastering or something. I had a, a forerunner, Toyota forerunner, <laughs> and I was in the desert, and I put the CD in, and I fucking ripped 
around <laughs> in the yeah. desert, throwing, throwing like just getting airborne in the truck and burning <laughs> and ripping, and it, and it matched the music so perfectly. I was like, oh I my bet. God. This is a really good record. Yeah. <laughs> like this is gonna really like people. Oh my god, it matches. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's what that music was made for for off road. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's just crazy. That's exactly what I would put on too if, if I ever took my Wrangler out like that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just a rip and thrash. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. <sighs> All right, you guys. All right, man. Well, it's been a blast having you on, man. I, I yeah. can't thank you enough. Yes, thank you, Ross. Um, thank you, Ross. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I, and uh, one one more thing, too. If you guys see something that's really special, and obviously I'm into, like, anything that's cool, um, make sure you let me know. You know, just hit me on Instagram. and For you know, sure. There's not a scene in LA anymore, so I find music online or, you know, people calling me up and saying, you got to check this out. And and then if it's got that thing, I, I go all in, all the way. And where so, can the people um, find you at on, you know, email just, or social media? Instagram, there's messages on that. You don't need email or anything. It's just, I can <laughs> just get links message. to everything on. So you're just Ross Robinson on Instagram? Yeah cool all right cool man that and that goes for all our fans too if you hear a cool ass band yeah just just message ross so he can work with them and uh, shape some more lives yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're junkies we we can't stop there you go can't stop won't stop Uh -uh. (laughs) all right man well it's been a blast stay safe in california stay away from the earthquakes (laughs) thanks and if you're you're ever in bakersfield i mean obviously hit up the guys in corn first but yeah hit us up too man you're more than welcome to come by my house oh i love bako especially in the summer (laughs) oh no (laughs) i I grew up in barstow so we're we're blood brothers okay okay. it's a sister city (laughs) all right man well thank you so much man welcome you're welcome thank you man thank you much love on that have yeah a, have a have an awesome night dudes you too man you have too, a beautiful man. one thank man you. later later well guys that was our third interview and i don't i don't know about you but it just feels like those these interviews just keep getting better and better and better donnie was awesome you know alex was awesome <laughs> ross robinson man like i said the dude that pretty much shaped me as a person from like 14 to like 34 you know we're talking to him you know it's it's like almost talking to god himself like do you realize what you were doing when you did this in my life like this this influenced me so much intense man i was like literally like driving listening to the slipknot album today (laughs) god damn i'm I'm gonna talk to the dude that made this yeah yeah that's nuts man yeah and it's just it spent. I didn't realize how much music he had done. You know, I, I these albums. I, I, I didn't. You know, for, there's a ton we didn't even get into. Like the yeah. first to last album, another amazing album. Yeah, like, I was actually gonna say something about that, but yeah. I didn't want to fuck up. <laughs> I didn't want to say something stupid and be like, oh. Nah, Ben. I I kind of <laughs> relate this interview to kind of like when I have to do this art. I'm sorry. When Joe Rogan got uh, Jake the Snake Roberts on, he invited Tony Hinchcliffe on because he's a huge you know wrestling fan. Anybody knows Tony Hinchcliffe, he's a chatterbox, and he was completely silent for the whole interview, but just that gesture, just to be like, I know you like wrestling, I know this is one of your heroes, I want you to be here, 
I when Art texts me like, "Hey, if, if Eric can't make it, Ben should come through." I'm like, "Uh, yeah, fuck yeah!" <laughs> like even if Eric comes, like Ben, sit on my shoulders. You <laughs> that that be was here one first. of the first things I was like, "Dude, I gotta get Ben on this." Yes, shit. like yeah. this is happening. Ben, you're coming on. Like, get this. Shit. It's crazy though because like we literally talked about either certain albums or like listen to certain albums and. You know, and it's just like, oh, crap. Like, I'm going to be talking to this guy? I'm not going to say anything, actually. I'm just going to listen. <laughs> just react. Just <laughs> react. Like, just react. That's then, all we want. But then, like, organically, like, things just started popping up. Like, oh, like. Because when are you going to have that chance yeah, again? Like, was it challenging to work on this album? Or was it, you know, that? Or, you know, that or this? This mm-hmm. is crazy. Just But just to hear, like, the passion and, like, like what he has to say was just like that's really cool yeah it's beautiful to hear the way he described things like that's how i feel you know and to see that somebody else feels like that but even more so it's like we were talking about a couple weeks ago where it's like you might not necessarily be into something but that passion just makes you passionate about it it makes you want to you know explore that or get back into that you know so Hats off to Ross Robinson, man. Oh, yeah. Definitely. A plus interview. A plus amazing human being, man. Yeah, so. Beautiful spirit. Beautiful. Anything else? Um, beautiful no, I, I guess uh, Ben, um, you want to promote anything? Plug your band. You got a show <laughs> coming tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Uh, we are playing at Jerry's Pizza. Um, it's kind of a unique show. There's a lot of, like, different artists on there. There's, uh, like, hip-hop, some R&B. Some, some reggaeton. Some reggaeton. Um, <laughs> jazz. <laughs> Some Calle Ocho. Jazz flute, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I'll be playing jazz flute. Some jazz flute. And, uh, and then the ceremony will come on after my set. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's just we're playing tomorrow. It's our third show ever. We've been a band for like two years. And, you know, like now we're just like, all right, I think we're in a good spot to just get out there and start, start doing you know, the damn getting, thing. huh? Start getting some shows going. Um, so pretty much it's, that's it. Ceremony. The ceremony band at Instagram and Facebook. Go ahead and add them, people. And then um, Art, you want to uh, plug? Uh, yeah, man. So shout out to our main sponsor, Fight Back CVD. I just took some this morning to feel great and refreshed because I fell down while hiking last <laughs> night. It was kind of embarrassing. My girlfriend had to help me up. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so like that Fight Back CVD, man, it comes in clutch. Anytime you're dealing with any type of injury, anxiety, I love it. I take it. You guys all know I kind of battle with anxiety so i take it it helps me feel great mm-hmm. helps me put these fucking interviews together throughout a <laughs> stressful work week so yes, i definitely. love it i stand by it find them at www.fightbackcvd.com tell them aren't jacob sent you type in america at checkout to get 10 percent off and um, having you feeling tip top magoo maybe I, I heard joey diaz a comedian say that one time and it just made me crack up so i'm going to continue to say that because it literally you could be having some sort of pain. I slipped a disc in my back. I have trouble sleeping at night. I legitimately take this before bed every night, and I wake up feeling tip-top magoo. So like Art said, go to fightbackcb.com, enter in America for 10% off, and you too shall, shall Feel be tip-top magoo. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so where can they find you, Art? Uh, robots versus robots at Instagram.com. Don't find me anywhere else because I won't reply. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can find me basically at Art and Jacob Do America. I have a personal uh, Instagram, but it's basically just reserved for these guys because I got a bunch of nosy coworkers. They don't know what the fuck I need to be doing in life. So, you know, just get at me there. I answer all the fan uh, questions. You can get with Eric at EB Castillo the first. I guess there's EB Castillo the second on Twitter or whatever, but find him there at EB Castillo the first on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, make sure you go to our Facebook at Art and Jacob Do America 
And uh, make sure you subscribe at every single podcast app that's imaginable. We're, we're worldwide, baby. We're like Pitbull. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Calle Ocho. Um, get us there. You know, go to our Caillou? YouTube. Caillou? Is that what you said? Calle Ocho. Oh, I thought you meant that cartoon character. <laughs> but wait, did you know that Caillou was 5'11"? Really? He would be the tallest person in this room if Caillou was in here. <laughs> He's supposed to be a kid. What the fuck? That's crazy. Kids, kids were, kids were like Vikings back in the yeah, day, dude. That's true. But anyways, um, go to our YouTube channel. Um, hopefully, I have figured our fucking video problems out. If you were watching videos before this episode, uh, they were a little janky and choppy. But I guess that's because I just have a janky computer and doesn't like OBS. But now I'm just recording on a new program. Hopefully, that program works so I can shop them out and get them more video clients or whatever. But check us out follow the evolution of art and jacob do america before we get big time and stop fucking with you guys like that but <laughs> any anything else you guys want to sh- uh, say tell your mama you booba too there you go. Elizabeth Jackman, Elizabeth Warren. and with it. that said everybody have a beautiful beautiful night good night amen <laughs>